Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to episode 10 of the Premier League Cricket Show. And joining me and Hugh today. How are we doing, Hugh? How are we doing? Good to see you again, mate. We've got a club cricketer with what could best be described as pedigree. So he's got more than 13,000 runs, almost 700 catches, more than 300 stumpings. And let's not forget, he has one wicket that he took in the final Premier League game of the season back in 2015. All his uh, old uh, teammates will know exactly who we're talking about. And I have to say sorry to Chris Munt, because that's who he bowled on that final day of the season in 2015. Yeah, today we've got Lancashire Cup winning skipper from Northern Cricket Club, James Cole. How are we doing, James? Yeah, very well, guys. How are we? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad, thanks. Now, I know you've probably got more runs that aren't on play cricket and all that, but we're not going to get into all of that because we're here to chat more about your day job um, rather than uh, Northern Cricket Club. And your day job is director and senior cricket agent with CrickX. So let me just crack on with a really obvious question for listeners. Uh, there's one or two who will know who CrickX are, but there'll be bound to be loads who don't. Can you just tell us a bit about CrickX and its importance around the Premier Leagues in particular? Yeah, CrickX is obviously the biggest agency, obviously outside of professional cricket in the UK. We deal with a lot of overseas professionals coming into the country, used to be amateurs in theory, loads of grade players from Australia and New Zealand that are sort of obviously coming over on ancestral visas and British passports. On the flip side of things, we send over English cricketers in general to go and play cricket in Australia and New Zealand. So yeah, it's 12 months a year early and obviously there's there's always cricket going on somewhere in the world and a really busy time of year, especially now when obviously clubs are making plans for the uh, UK 24 season. So 
all systems go our end. So does it actually get a little bit quieter at any point during the year or you're literally you're mid, middle of the summer when you've got Northern in some national competition, you're in the middle of WhatsApping someone in Australia for a cricketer for the following year? Yeah, pretty much. It's, yeah, there's, there's probably a week here or two when there's a bit of a crossover that gets a bit quieter, but in general not. We, we'll find now, obviously in the new year, a lot of the clubs will be thinking, oh, we need to sort out our professional or our overseas player coming over. And obviously a lot of the Aussie grade fellas in particular, um, they'll sort of go, oh, what am I going to do? this winter so it, it works out quite well and obviously January February and March are obviously our biggest times of year for placements and then it dies down a little bit and then obviously it picks up again when the UK season starts when the English lads want to go over and play in Australia New Zealand and the sort of flip over happens then so yeah it's uh, yeah it's going to be a busy busy few weeks I think and how many players would you place in the English season this year? I'd imagine this year we're probably numbers wise. I think before Christmas we are ahead of what we've done previously. I think the last two months we've broken every record that we've done in previous months of the previous years. So I'd imagine we'll be touching 450 placements. I'd have thought 450 and ideally up to sort of 500 lads coming over to the UK. And do you find that? Clubs that have used you, once they've used you, they never go anywhere else and just keep coming back because they know the service that they're getting from you lot. You do find that a lot of clubs are very loyal and they'll only go through one agency. Obviously, there are obviously other agencies that do the sort of similar things that we do, but in general, you you know which sort of clubs that are going to use your service. And then in turn, obviously, you, you always like to sort of reward loyalty to an extent. So when those high-end players come in, those clubs that are always loyalty, for example, probably more likely to get the better standard of player and sort of, yeah, and that loyalty aspect would definitely be rewarded for them. And in terms of players that you've brought in, you've been doing this now for quite a few years because you were doing it before CrickX as well. Just throw some names out there, you know, d- drop those names into the conversation that you've been de- dealing with over the years and you've been able to bring over to the UK or vice versa, take them back to Aussie and New Zealand. Well, one random, random I'd be placed a few years ago up in, in Newcastle, a lad called Josh Philippe, who came over as a young lad and he obviously played for Australia as a result. And there's there's obviously loads of young lads that sort of come through the system that, that progress quite nicely through and what you'll find that some of these lads will be playing grey cricket one minute and then all of a sudden six months later they are playing either in the big bash or they're playing professionally I think that's what massively doesn't really happen in the UK you don't really see lads going from Premier League cricket to professional cricket that quickly obviously mm-hmm. you see the lads dip down and play here and there but very rarely you see lads that aren't in sort of a, a county system do well for a, for that sort of summer and then be playing for Lancashire or Middlesex or whatever that is and whereas in Australia it does seem to they do seem to get fast track quite quickly that's really interesting because we we spoke to the guys from the NWCA over the last few weeks and that's a conversation that we've been having isn't it Hugh and why do you think that is that it doesn't happen that quickly in this country because the, the appetite's there and the amount of players is there isn't it and we know you're you know, looking at yourself and your own stats to start with there's some quality players at Premier League level that we all know should be playing at a higher grade isn't there yeah I can't really put a finger on it obviously in Australia there's a lot less I haven't, haven't played cricket over there there's a lot less obviously professional sports and there's, mm. there's obviously a clear pathway to go through and I think as a result when you see the, the Premier cricket structure over there and you see the training aspect of it you're getting 50 or 60 people on a Thursday night training you're getting the fellas in the 5th grade side training as hard as the lads in the 1st grade side whereas over here most clubs do well to get 15 20 lads on a Thursday night some probably less than that and it's not got the same um, all-round camaraderie aspect to think of it over there it's very much one club one culture everyone sort of pushes through to a system and, and works hard and, and you just never know where you're at whereas obviously England it's just I don't think the weather helps it does help rocking up to training and it's 25 <laughs> degrees and sunny and obviously in various WhatsApp groups in England it's always is training on tonight is training on so yeah I think it's a lot to do with the weather but obviously there's there are a lot of Premier Leagues there's a lot of counties so there's a lot of professional cricket 
cricketers that probably aren't at that level. There's probably equally, I'd say probably a lot of the professional cricketers that aren't in the in the first team. A lot of them are probably quite similar to the really good minor county players or the top end sort of Absolutely. Premier League players. So in my opinion, there's probably too many professional cricketers in, in the UK. And, and there we, we've obviously, we deal with a lot of the NCCA lads that mm-hmm. go over cricket in Australia I think one of the standouts last year from, from memory and finals day and stuff like that was Niels Press Priestley no Niels for you yeah, yeah. so we, we've obviously we've placed him this year to go and please play in club cricket in, in Melbourne and he's really excelled over there but obviously he's he's a lad that in that sort of structure he's done really well he's done really well over there and it's probably a bit baffling how he's not at that next level he might come back and get back to that level again and someone might give him a go but obviously a lad like that is the sort of target market that we sort of see over there mm-hmm. that's first of all available for the full season for Australia see clubs like that are going to be clubs are going to be really interested in players like that because there's nothing worse than we deal with a lot of the county lads as well that want to come over and they say to us well I've got to be back for pre-season at the start of February and obviously the the Australian and New Zealand structure is you play all year you end up in the top four you play finals in March and whoever wins the finals win things so there's no point having a pro if he's not going to be there for the business end of the season whereas someone like Nils and another lad we played said that did really well Ben Seabrook Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he's playing down in the southwest somewhere now in, in the UK. They're sort of the real lads that go over there and do really well and excel. And as a result, clubs will turn around to us and say, can we have a player like that? And yeah. to get that kind of player is obviously very hard. And obviously you can you can see these lads as well with obviously the way the the visa situations and the overseas professionals availability yeah. in the UK. So these lads sort of, you, you're seeing a lot more English lads, clubs having them as pros instead mm-hmm. of pretending in over an overseas professional. I was just going to say, just taking it back sort of from the club's point of view of bringing over the overseas. At my local club, we've had a few overseas, where well, we generally have an overseas every season. I'm more in, in with the, the junior section and the, the juniors love it. They absolutely love it. And bringing that sort of outside influence into a group is absolutely fantastic. So can you just sort of let us know the real benefits, you know, maybe just away from the playing side? Obviously, you've got the huge benefits of putting runs and wickets on the board. But what are the other benefits away from that that, that an overseas brings in? Yeah, I think obviously the, the overseas aspect is obviously I remember when I was growing up, we had a relationship with New South Wales Northern that we used to get the New South Wales Young Player of the Year on a scholarship over every year. I think we had Greg Mayle, Phil Jake, Sean Bradstreet. The standard were unbelievable. And that period, I think I was nine to about 15. So that really was something that I was experienced to. And obviously there's someone you look up to and from a training aspect, you're getting coached by a, an unbelievably good cricketer and a person that you're looking up to, an Australian lad coming over, especially at that age, you sort of rabbit in headlights, aren't you? Mm. You're sort of in awe of them. And probably that probably had a really beneficial effect on my cricket, but I'd imagine a lot of people around me and obviously similar clubs with the same sort of model, whereas the clubs that are bringing over those professionals and the overseas lads now, that obviously these lads in general will be part of a, part of a junior coaching structure, then I can only imagine that I'd have the same impact on these lads coming through, whereas if you're going to be paying a, an English pro, for example, I'd imagine most of them would, in theory, be having a nine-to-five job in the week, so that might affect contribution towards the coaching side of things, which I think some clubs probably get, probably going a bit too far with, so there's obviously going to be a lot of, there's obviously there's a lot of paid English cricket all over the place and if you're going to go down that route which which a lot of clubs do and successfully then obviously that probably negates what you're going to get back in the week from a from a coaching structure with putting back into the kids aspect i was, I was at an under 10s game over in cheshire 
a couple of years ago and the uh, on a Thursday it was uh, something like that and the uh, the guy behind the bar was the uh, the overseas he was there all day knocking about um, sorting out my Wi-Fi making me cups of tea uh, and then he's there I think he, I think he hit a thousand runs or something uh, I've forgotten his name South African lad I looked his stats up when I got home so this it certainly brought a lot to that team um, and like you say if, the, if someone's got a nine to five they're not able to help out in that regard are they yeah obviously the, there isn't a hell of a cost bringing over a top end sort of professional but I think if you look at obviously one player we brought over was Jake Lehman who played at Little Lever I think they, they obviously won the, the Bolton League I think he averaged 100 I think looking at that, you'll know this more than me I think he was averaging over 100 Little Lever as far as I'm aware hadn't won anything for a few years and from what I can see obviously they're quite active on social media you, you follow a few of the lads and look like he had a fantastic time off the pitch as well uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd imagine I the, can't imagine that with the Lehman so yeah I'd, I'd imagine he would have those juniors at that club being coached by him in the week and obviously watching him play on a Saturday and being around him that can only be massively beneficial he must have done something right he's gone straight into the uh, to be captain of South Australia isn't he so you know they were obviously studying his you just can't put a price in it. by all means as well obviously they've been very lucky to get a proven quality British passport holding pro something like that but there are other ends of the spectrum where you can't guarantee that a sort of pro is going to integrate into that and be mm. the right for a club so there is obviously risks both ways but the way social media is now and obviously we're on a on a zoom now like most clubs now are zooming these lads two or three times where they come over they're in whatsapp groups that yeah. they've got references so and a lot of the lads have been over for so you can you can you can do a hell of a lot of research and obviously we do as well trying to get the best fit for the club alike but at the end of the day there's always that element of risk with any sort of deal or any sort of sort of placement you do yeah I think and I think clubs accept that don't they it's they, they've all had pros that have worked and, and some that haven't worked and that's that's part of it you know and it's not always anybody's fault you know it's just sometimes it doesn't click our pro that was at our club had a had a pretty difficult season up in the northern prem last year a couple of seasons before that he was absolutely flying for us so it doesn't always work out does it yeah, I think I think it must have been about three or four years. I think I placed a third grade lad with a British passport batter in. I think it was one of the. It might have been the East Anglian Premier League, and we placed the first grade batter with a great CV over there. And the third grade batter with a British passport did better than the other fella, which it's just remarkable. I think one of my first well, I think my second year in Australia played I was playing for Bentley I think it was the standard was probably a bit it was probably, probably Div 1 equivalent over here mm-hmm. I think I scored about 120 runs all year I came back and I think I scored 920 ECB Premier League runs wow <laughs> In the next summer, so it's just the the flip aspect of some things work for you, some things don't. It just, um, by the way, the training all winter might have been great for me, and then I hit the ground running. But yeah, these things <laughs> obviously happen. Just just playing over there, then. I mean, obviously everyone talks about the pitches and things from a professional level, but obviously it's not quite the same at club level. And uh, there are there's turf cricket and there's astro cricket. Obviously the weather. So obviously the higher standards are obviously turf cricket. But are, are the are those sort of pitches fast, bouncy pitches? Do, does that flow? through into club cricket in the same way that it does in the pro game uh no quite easily so obviously when i was there we were in we were in melbourne and a lot basically melbourne is obviously very aussie rules orientated so outside of premier cricket the club cricket aspect in general all those grounds are aussie rules grounds in the winter huge huge boundaries in general long outfields the wickets are sort of not prepared to the same level that because they're not prepared all year round because someone's running with the studs all over them so i found the wickets really low and skiddy and sort of horrible really around the I think the wickets are probably a little bit better now and obviously some of the some of the clubs use dropping wickets but yeah, yeah the, and obviously if you're on a slowy low wicket with long outfields and big boundaries you're going to mm. score to score it's, it's just a completely different level of cricket obviously playing a lot of cricket over here you go over there and you're playing club cricket over there so you'd have you'd have a field behind the bowler's arm 
like you'd have a mid, you'd have a mid off and a long off, and you're just trying to get your head around what is what fields are being set. But they probably don't understand our cricket when they come over, so it is a yeah. it is a flip aspect. But we we obviously deal with a lot of astroturf clubs in in and around Melbourne as well. We probably find the standard of the club stuff and the astroturf stuff is very very similar. But obviously lads don't want to go over and play on astroturf. But yeah. it's the flip side of being in a good location, and obviously a lot of those clubs with the astroturf are financially quite well off, so they will really look after lads with certain benefits of kind. But again, telling a minor county cricketer that if he wants a good deal to play in Melbourne, he's going to have to play on astroturf. They they can't get their head around it. Well, I think just from living over there, I mean, particularly if you move away from the cities, I was in the west and, and i was in rural west quite a lot a lot of guys have got a lot of space they've got beautiful houses some of them have spare houses just lying about the place they've all got too many boats and cars and they need because certain things like cars particularly are much cheaper over there so they're able to offer fantastic accommodation and facilities for guys coming over whereas you know we're here in rural derbyshire and it's you know properties very expensive uh, cars cost a lot to rent so we can't putting our pro up is a lot more difficult whereas there i think particularly if you maybe step away from particularly sort of sydney where it's very expensive but uh out in the bush there's some terrific uh, opportunities to be had for and, and the cricket uh, I assume certainly the sport that I played over there that football was was a really good standard you know very very competitive yeah I, th- I think what one thing we do find is obviously the outside of the main cities the big country towns have got really strong leagues in Australia mm. and then benefits of kind of again they would get better deals financially potentially and better looked after with cars and standard of living for an extent to go and play out there and in essence better cricket but oh, it's like over here when an Aussie or a Kiwi sends you yeah. you help me out playing club cricket in England you go yeah yeah happy to help person they'll tell you is they want to be playing Premier League cricket in London and you go in there's very few opportunities to do that so the English lads at the same time when they, they do the same thing I want to play in Melbourne I want to play in Sydney and I want to play that, and which is great and obviously we deal with a lot of those clubs as well and we, we do tend to get a lot of those fixes and mm. look after these lads but again it, it is it is quite hard to do there's only limited amount of clubs and I think the clubs are getting pl- pretty savvy to it now they realise they don't really have to provide much on the flip side of being involved in the major cities where the accommodation costs are through the roof yeah clubs are basically pulling their hand away and saying well we can still get a good player here but we don't really have to provide much but one of, one of the benefits uh, we had a Irish lad came over he was actually fixing wind turbines uh, I won't mention his name and uh, he dropped into our club and he'd been travelling the world putting up wind turbines and he was with us for uh, about nine months and he sort of he didn't have a girlfriend you know rural West West Aussie town choices are somewhat limited amongst the sexes and um, he rocked up and she sort of said to the lady behind the bar you know any any single girls around and she just literally pointed her finger to the right to the girl who was about two feet away from him she's single and they've been together I think ever since yeah I'd, I'd, I'd love to know over the years and I know a few to hand how many marriages and children us putting people in contact with clubs and as a result of ending I'd, I'd say there's at least 10 that I know off the top of my head so lads have met their wives and they've had children with people because they've gone to play in a certain place and a certain club and they've ended up there for life so it's a, it's a random thing I've not received a, a wedding invitation as of yet. <laughs> disgraceful we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's interesting you talk about location there, James, because we, we spoke to Tom Brett a couple of weeks ago about the Northamptonshire League, and they've got a very minimal number of overseas pros mm-hmm. coming over to their league, which really surprised me because yeah. it's the sort of league that on the train, it's less than an hour outside London. It's that sort of commuter belt diff- distance, isn't it? Even those sort of leagues can be diff- difficult to sell for you then. Yeah, I t- I've had, I think I've had three conversations this morning on the phone with overseas lads wanting to come over and all three of them really pushed London. So obviously our aspect is we need to get open their eyes to other locations of the thing that goes with it as well so we always tell lads if you're not going to do London are you open to being in and around major cities and in general when you when you speak to them on the phone or a Zoom or something like that they, they open their eyes a bit more they realise what the sort of benefits are to that so yeah it, it can be a hard sell and sometimes these lads are happy to run the risk of not coming over at all on the basis that they won't yeah. change their criteria which some of them do at the last minute and some of them some of them don't but we can only advise lads to the best of our ability and obviously we were here for we want to make sure the club's happy and the players happy because as a result people are going to introduce us to more people and the club's going to use us again yeah. the players are going to introduce us to their mates which happens mm. quite a lot of the time so we've got to tr- I sort of try and treat each placement like it's me being a captain bringing a lad over and to an extent so you want to sort of put your own sort of time into making sure that you think it'd be the right fit and obviously you can't get it right all the time but you can you can try to do it right most of the time Yeah and I think what's interesting with that is we know up here in the Northern Hemisphere, we know that if you go down to Australia, it, you could be going 500k outside of Perth to some actually quite strong league, and it's really raw, rural. Algoury, I think it's called. There's, the, the, Algoury on the west. Yeah. There you go. There's six days outside of outside of Perth, and there's four. I think there's four teams in that league, and all four of them every year tell us they've got this budget, they want this and that, and they. They still can't understand every time when we're telling them how hard it is to get lads there to go there because they look at it on a map and go, oh, but these clubs don't understand that. So that's what we're sort of trying to alleviate. And the reverse of that is for the Aussies coming over to the UK, we want London, we want London. You're in uh, just outside Liverpool there right now. It, it's it's what, 280k from London. It's it's half the distance and you're almost halfway up the country, aren't you, literally? So yeah, it's, it's, it's on a train. Exactly. And it's getting that understanding across, isn't it? So they know that you want to be in London, but actually, if you're playing in the, let me just pick an example, the Birmingham Premier League, or you're pick, playing in the, um, the the West of England Premier League, you're actually an hour and a half from London on the train. You're playing on a Saturday, you're training on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night. If you want to bugger off into London during the week, you can do that, can't you? Yeah, again, obviously, the flip side of it is, as we talked about before, the clubs in theory want these lads around in the week so it, it is quite hard to get like we always tell lads like you, you can always get there for a few days every every month or whatever exactly. it is the aspect of London I think obviously London has got 
a massive Australian New Zealand culture and, and yeah. loads of people from there. So I'd imagine a lot of these lads are saying this because they've got mates outside of cricket yeah. that are going to be there as well, which I do understand, but they, there's only so many clubs in London. <laughs> and they, they've they a lot of them have got rules over having one overseas per club, not per team. So obviously in our league, we've got five, we've got five teams at Northern on a Saturday. We could, in theory, have five Aussie lads in, mm, e- in, yeah. in each side. Obviously, they'd have to be a certain standard because obviously our league would stop that if it's exceeding it too much. If Jake Lehman, if Jake Lehman rocked up to pay in the fifths. Yeah. yeah, so I think yeah. there's actually a rule in our league if you played first class cricket in the last certain amount of time I don't think you can play a certain second team cricket or whatever mm-hmm. it is as our league is I think every league is isn't it there's always a blueprint of subject to management committee rules so obviously you've got to be flexible rules are rules but common sense has sort of got to prevail at the end of the day and I'm guessing that's one of your specialities at CrickX and knowing all the rules from all the different leagues and what you can do. I'd like to think so, but obviously, I, yeah, I'm, I'm still amazed by by certain rules in certain leagues. So it's just uh, some leagues are stuck in the dark ages. Some some are very forward thinking. There's it, it is hard to keep up, but in general, most rules are the same for virtually every league. Obviously, it'd be, it'd be a lot easier if the ECB leagues had exactly the same rules, but they've still not. They're leaving it to the leagues to decide most of it still, but it'd just be a lot easier just open and shut case. This is the rules over their overseas players or these are the rules for this or that and obviously it, it varies because every league plays a different format where where obviously time cricket and obviously most of the leagues now are sort of playing overs cricket so there's a there's a massive change already and you talk about forward thinking league who do you deal with who you think the clubs there and the leagues are really forward thinking just out of interest question really I, obviously I'd, I've not really seen much of the league but it looks like is it the East Anglian League where they where Jake Weatherold is going to rock up a great witching Sawston and yeah. yeah. Obviously, you look at there that obviously they've got good social media and a lot of them there, and they they're obviously playing a combination of red ball cricket, one day cricket. And so I think obviously it seems that that is the sort of way it is sort of going potentially, and I think everyone's up for forward thinking ideas that sort of make everyone sort of happy. Obviously, and you've got a younger generation. Obviously, I'm on the sort of wrong side of that generation. I've been brought up playing time cricket. I love time cricket. We're quite lucky that we've been successful on a Sunday, so we can play cup cricket. So, but as some teams obviously don't do a lot of both so th- there might be a time that people are open to the playing a combination of certain things I, I do think probably clubs now are more likely to do that in our league I think if you asked this com- if we had this conversation probably two three maybe pre-covid I think it'd be a very shut shop that clubs wouldn't want to change certain things but I think times have got to change obviously you look at the GMCL now that's come yeah. into it they're obviously they've got a lot of clubs and they've got a lot of good clubs they're obviously going to be a force to be sort of reckoned with I think they're, they're going to probably tap into maybe certain players in our league I think the GMCL comes we've always been quite lucky that the lads from over there come over and play in the comp because they yeah. want to put the hat in the ring to play at a higher level and, and sort of play professional cricket I still think we've we've obviously got the, the better standard I think of cricket and obviously one thing they can't change initially is the standard of the facilities so we obviously the clubs over this way have got really good facilities and I think that's always going to be a big pull but if they get it right they're going to be a big competition to us but to be competitive in that league it looks like you've got to have a hell of a lot of money to compete and clubs are going to have to make decisions can they put the money into the facilities or the players or a combination of both the successful teams are going to do both it's going to be interesting we've obviously played a lot of the GMCLC teams they're obviously they are good clubs and we we obviously played, we beat the champions last year twice um, yeah we, we beat Roe Green early we went to Roe Green in the early rounds of the Lancashire Cup and then we won there and then we beat him on the area finals there at uh, Bradshaw so we've obviously quite well against their champions but you can see what's happening with you can see a few players from our league that have gone to play in that league and obviously there's, there's still going to be lads coming over this way but I think the younger lads are still going to come over and play 
play in the comp for the wickets but when they maybe get to a stage where they can't be a professional cricketer or that's run its third they might return to pastures new whatever you want to call it so I know it's going to be interesting it's obviously that's why I think our league's going to have to be all over being forward thinking and, and doing the right things to make sure we we are the premier premier league in the area and I think that's going to be I think that's going to be a big thing over the next five years where you look at leagues around the country and what's going to happen I'd like to think in 10, ten years time you could almost have a, an ECB Premier League similar to a football Premier League because the one thing you are restricted by by playing in the Liverpool comp is you only ever play within that circle but as clubs are growing you end up with two or three clubs in every Premier League around the country who really should be playing at maybe even another level couldn't they yeah, I do, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely scope that sort of thing. It's tradition, isn't it? I, I exactly. Know very traditional. They're not to open that door to something different. It's like a bit like the European Super League footy, isn't it? As soon as as soon as you get into that territory, you lose the core of everything of tradition and the years of history at various clubs in the league. I'd, yeah, I'd be very surprised if something like that happened. But again, you just don't never know. All it takes is a couple of teams to do it, a couple of the big teams, and you you don't want to miss the boat. And yeah, it's, it is very very. It's, it's only the same thing as what's happened with the. Bowl. League, the Bolton Association, the GM, it's all sort of, it's done that, hasn't it? It's sort of grown between them. They're happening with the Northern Prem, the Lancashire League, it's starting to happen up there with the, is it the Westmoreland League? Yeah, you yeah. start to go, okay, if three leagues can become one pyramid, why can't 16 leagues become one? It, it just starts to open itself up, doesn't it? Yeah, it'd be interesting because obviously the, the aspect of you, you, you do run the risk of if you opened it up to that, how, how would you structure it? Do you, are you only allowed three teams from a certain league that go into that? Or you could end up with nine Liverpool comp teams in the top 10, or you could end up with eight GMCL teams in the top yeah. 10. And then it affects the teams a little bit below that that probably don't want to get involved in that structure. They're probably happy playing in the in the Liverpool comp Div 1 or Div 2 and they're happy with that structure mm-hmm. they know where they're going to be roughly playing they know they yeah. don't have to go to the side of Manchester although in our league you've, you might have to go to Colwyn Bay or Lytham <laughs> so it does cancel that out but you know in general where you're going to be but again t- times change and all it takes is a couple of forward thinking people to get in the right people's and clubs ears and you never know what can happen well you look you say times changing and you've been at Northern all your life literally yeah so my dad played so I was there to from the under well we didn't have under 11s back when I started <laughs> I don't think we started in the under 13s and I was about seven. So yeah, I've been in there ever since, never never played anywhere else. And you've seen a lot of change in the Liverpool comp and the type of players that come through, the pros that have come through, and, and I hate to use the, the the M word, and the money that's involved over yeah. those years. It's just growing and growing and growing. So there's going to be changes. And it, you know, that's where I think bringing these overseas pros in is a massive thing for clubs and leagues to, to find the balance. Because what we don't want in the country, let's be honest, is we don't want the Liverpool comp, as much as I love it, to be two or three levels above of the let's just pick a league, the Dorset League, which is the which yeah. is a new prem. You want the Premier League to be a good level all the way around the country, don't we? Yeah, and obviously, see, our our league is very different. So, and you can see now, I don't know why it probably didn't happen before. Then, when I was growing up, sort of breaking into the first team, it was very much your overseas was either a batter who bowled a bit of seam or a quick bowler, and every sort of side had sort of a minor county sort yeah. of player that sort of thing. And obviously, Bootle notoriously happened by obviously the great late Ian Cobain yeah. um, had their team full of like team full of superstars. So that was always just how it happened yeah. in our league. And then as time went on and that sort of filtered out, then you could see clubs getting models coming through the leagues. I think Ray and Hill were probably one of the first to do it. Um, they obviously Mohammed Qureshi, left arm mm-hmm. spinner, and he basically got. Them out of Division One and yeah. made them competitive in the Premier League. So they they're now 
they've been in the Premier League for a number of years and their model has been have a really good subcontinent left arm spinner who can bowl all day and tie you down and they've added good um, English lads to that system so they've made themselves competitive and other league, other teams have seen that and sort of done it as well what, Wallacey obviously won the league in uh, 22 I think it was they had Summit Ruika who again hit Ruika and Koreshi the best two pros I've seen in the league because they've got the capability to bowl 27 overs for two and over and bowl a side out and they can bat so if you're a young lad coming into that system which is the only downfall I can see of it you, you're trying to bring a lad up from the second team to go and fight for themselves and try and become a first team cricketer if you're playing against a left arm spinner that can get first class players out at the drop of a hat it's so hard for them to develop in that sort of environment like we, yeah. we're quite we've had Tom Sefton for a number of years he's probably the reason why we don't get an, an Indian or a Sri Lankan or a Pakistani left arm spinner because we've been really lucky he's he's been fantastic he's gone on and on and on <laughs> I've, I've heard you in the past you've, you've talked about his numbers and I think he's only 31 still he's un- unbelievable we're quite lucky we've not had to do that but we still we're probably as guilty as anyone we've bowled him from one end in some scenarios and it's just so hard for these young lads to be able to score runs in that environment as in if there's obviously five bowlers and you're playing cup cricket you know yeah. where the weak link is and you know you're always going to be able to score but Koreshi for example when you played at Rain Hill away you can't physically score unless you're a left-hander which again the left-handers score all the runs um, we've obviously got Tyler who scored a hell of a lot of runs but being a left-hander against left-arm spin it's just a massive difference yeah. but to play the club cricket aspect of it if you're playing club cricket club cricket on a Saturday and you've got five or six bowlers you know that those five or six bowlers aren't going to be pro standards so it, it's it's just completely different it's, different. Cha- it's changed massively over the years hasn't it? and I think one of the other things that I know you're very passionate about is that the Sunday games that you know, the national competitions Northern have done a, a great job in them over the years um, you've taken yourself a, a long long way down, down the road in the national competitions do you find that with Crick X that you've got clubs now talking about well we want a player who can play on a Saturday a time game but he also has got to do a T20 he's got to do, do, do they talk about that yeah I think so I think there's probably there's very few clubs well I think obviously us and Ormsky have notoriously gone quite deep in national competitions and yeah. into finals and stuff like that I don't, I don't think speaking to a lot of the clubs like a lot of them don't base their seasons on the national competitions whereas we've one of the reasons why I'm still 38 now one of the reasons I'm still playing cricket is because I want to win Lancashire Cups national knockouts and I've still yeah. got that scratch to itch whereas a lot of clubs don't think like a lot of clubs the bread and butter is they want to do well in the league and they want to do that which is which is great and we're, we're still like that as well but yeah there's there's not many clubs that want the Sunday cricket I don't think some of the lads were quite lucky the fact that the lads want to play at Northern because they see the heritage of being successful on a Sunday and we can get these lads because they want to develop the cricket and they can see potentially if they do well in certain scenarios they might get looked at weird we've got a young left-arm spinner who's Dan Wilson who came from Longridge he bowled with Tom Sefton last year and we, we lost the the last finals day at Denby mm-hmm. and he, he was he was absolutely fantastic he was the best bowler on the day but that sort of scenario people were, taught, people were asking me about him after and like counties in theory would look at lads like that and we've obviously got lads in our league who play county cricket who who still have the ear to the ground and do recommend these sort of players to mm-hmm. sort of the counties but doing well in, in that sort of environment or a national game or a Lancashire Cup final or semi-final they're big games of cricket and they're in my eyes as good as second team county cricket at times it's if you're, if you're performing there you can do it at that level which is some of the lads that we've got I'm sort of dumbfounded how they've not played sort of the next level up yeah definitely I, I was lucky enough I think it was, was it San Diego beat you um, at, at Denby yeah, yeah I was lucky enough to commentate on the final between San Diego and Wimbledon in that competition at Derbyshire and you're right that that's as good as second team cricket anywhere you know, the quality of what was on that pitch that day there was a couple of the lads missing yeah. um, you know uh, Jack Boyle who plays for Wimbledon was, had, had left and gone back home 
but yeah. it's a real top quality of cricket. I, I I always fear that there's too many players at that level being missed out, and there's a le- I'm not going to say there's a level of mediocrity in second team cricket at county level, but they do mix and match the players a hell of a lot because they can't seem to find that right one. And I'm sure if they dip down into the Liverpool comp into the the Thurlow um, non East Anglian League, they're yeah. going to find someone, aren't they? Yeah, obviously that day was really disappointing. We sort of defended a low score. We'd won the game, and then randomly some fella came in and Dan Wilder, I think it was, and I think he took twenty two overs. Yeah, we we sort of got it a bit wrong. We didn't score enough runs, but like so throughout that sort of competition, obviously Tyler's runs speak for himself in in the Liverpool comp. He, he sort of had a poor middle part of the season, I think it was, and it was a bit of rain knocking around. So if he kept that momentum and there wasn't rain, he would have broken the league record. I think obviously Liam Gray. He's probably as good a all-round cricketer outside of professional cricket. Sefton, I still don't understand why no one's looked at him. No, mate. It's very, and you and you see these lads. You, you play against them in these national competitions, but then you see these lads playing second-team cricket, and you're going, they're well better. But obviously, I get the age aspect and everything that goes with it. But some of these lads, I was sort of when I came through the system, I'm not saying I was good enough to be a professional cricketer, but I was sort of the year or two before the academies came into it, and like you see as a result of what these lads get out. I didn't get coached when I I, I played from from under 11s to under 19s I didn't get coached on my wicketkeeping at any point yeah, so we I think we won the 17s and 19s championship no wicketkeeping coaching from memory which and I went and did um, keeping with the uh, sort of young keepers coming through but there was none of that then and you, you, yeah. you don't know some lads prosper in that environment some lads just hit a certain level but some of these lads you see playing club cricket even when they're past the age of it seems like when they get to 2021 they've made a decision on them they move them on but some of these lads if, if they were, got the opportunity to give up their full time jobs and got a county contract and had two years to get in the gym train hard and do that yeah. I'd be pretty surprised if some of them didn't excel yeah. and be better than a lot of the lads that have played for a number of years but um, yeah, I'm not qualified to sounds, sounds like a conversation we've had quite a lot Hugh well, uh, the one that's got me recently was the England under 19 squad and the squad that announced it and, and again I'm, I'm, I don't want to criticise or pass judgement because I, I, I don't you know, I've never seen these guys play but from a statistics point of view there were some wonderful young cricketers playing Premier League cricket who were not picked and there were uh, under 19s picked who had also played some Premier League cricket who were nowhere near as good statistics wise as the guys that weren't picked uh, and it, I was scratching my head at that um, and obviously they're picking it on site you know they've looked at these guys I think they're looking at schools cricket they're looking at uh, age group cricket but surely Premier League cricket if you've got an under 18 lad playing Premier League cricket and averaging 60 that's somebody who's a talented player and maybe deserves to be on an under 19s tour I think one of the things obviously keeping wicket for a number of years and the comp in particular we've, we've seen a lot of county age group lads County twos lads, professionals, and obviously county first class cricketers come back and play club cricket. And I've probably sat. Be- I reckon I've kept wickets probably three fellas. One of one of them's probably been the only English one. And I've just thought this lad's got so much time. He's so good. I think he was eighteen, mm. nineteen at the time, and like he just wasn't in any doubt. I don't think he scored that many runs that day, but I just thought yeah. I might as well sit down. And right. it was Josh Bahannon. Okay, and then probably took him two or three more years. So then you mm. you started seeing the sort of results of that. But I just remember at the time I was. And Ormskirk, it's a lively wicket. It's got a bit in it for everyone. It's like Northern's quite opposite. Northern's yeah. quite flat and a better batting wicket. But I was sat at Ormskirk keeping to him, and he just made it look so easy. Ever since then, you sort of keep an eye on him, and then obviously he's just gone obviously through the yeah. roof. He's just a machine. He's probably very look very unlucky not to be to maybe have got a England call up. But I'm sure if he continues doing what he's doing, he sort of won't be far away. But he's noticed to be someone that you could just sit behind at a certain age, and you, you just see how good he is. And then obviously that is proof in the pudding down the yeah. line. How his numbers in county cricket. <laughs> 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tell us that, James. You're obviously, week in, week out, you're playing with the top players around the Liverpool comp when when the season starts. Um, you've got first-hand experience of watching the bowlers, seeing the guys bat, seeing the keepers, the, you know, how they feel the full work. How does X work in terms of, I'm going to use the word scouting, for other potential English players around the country in the 32 Premier Leagues who maybe haven't thought of that Australia-New Zealand gig or that you're know, d- disappearing off to, might be the bloody, might be the uh, American T20, we'll never know in the future. <laughs> Yeah. How, how do you go about that? Sort of probably not really tapped into as it should be really. Like obviously we've got quite a few links with various counties and see we 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 sort of Will Will Williams came out to yeah. play club cricket over here and as a result we got him in at Lancashire and obviously the rest is sort of history there. So we have got that sort of dynamic to get these lads with the British passports and stuff like that into mm-hmm. the county system. But again, that a lot of these young lads, for example, that don't make the grade at Lancashire, whoever, then a lot of the counties outside of it, I know Derbyshire are the second team coach yeah. is Chris Hayton. So Obviously, Chris is a Lancashire fella, so he will. He's had Tyler down there playing there, so he obviously has got his yeah. eyes on the ball. Worth obviously, Lancashire's a big county. You look at it, and you could have a very good Lancashire side playing yeah. outside of Lancashire, like obviously Steve Mullaney, Keith Barker, lads like that. So you, they probably don't need our guidance as much, but we'd obviously, like I personally would advise them accordingly if asked. But it's not really my place to at the moment to go and push lads mm-hmm. to do that. We can obviously, I can advise lads to. There's opportunities outside of Lancashire. We can get on the phone to a second team coach or uh, we can give them opportunities to go and play in Australia to prove themselves and put them in mm-hmm. front of the right people but there's a lot of pushy parents and pushy people behind the scenes that contact these people directly and badgering counties and doing that so these counties are probably l- less receptive of listening to people yeah it'd be nice to be asked to advise on certain things but again people are making their own sort of decisions so, so I'm going to pick a name out that might be familiar to you because I think you guys placed him Monty Panasar is going to be playing down in the East Anglian League for Great Witchingham and he's going to be playing with Jake Weatherald th- this season coming yep. forward Monty picks the phone up to you on a Monday and you know he's played at the weekend he's he's been battered around the place by some 18 year old kid from Sawston what's your next step then do you wait for the contact from them or would you positively give them that kid a shout it varies isn't it so obviously we, it's strange times isn't it people people don't want to contact people if they're struggling with stuff or doing well or like people are very much in the shell aren't they you, you see it with lads performing to a certain level like they are very out and about and very vocal of it but when a lad's struggling it's where do they sort of turn to really and obviously I think it's, it's quite important to have, to have yeah. that support mechanism around to an extent we've we've obviously taught as a, as a company we, we've talked over doing certain things and one thing that's obviously come across them it's opening up who are sort of the mental health charity based in uh, through Mark Boynes who's who's based at Sefton Cricket Club and I think we've probably got a sort of duty of care because obviously we're dealing with a lot of cricketers that are sort of yeah. away from home and, and they need that support mechanism and if they're struggling or with the performances mm-hmm. or their sort of mental health or something like that then they need someone to be able to talk to and from experience I know when I was overseas if you're struggling at all you're not scoring any runs or you're, you're missing people back home you're not going to tell the club that you're not going to tell your family back home you're not going to tell mm-hmm. your mates at the cricket club so you're probably keeping it all in internally and as a result that probably doesn't doesn't help your sort of performances and your sort of to get the best out of yourself so I think we've got obviously a duty of care and obviously as a captain you've sort of got a duty of care to obviously the lads in your team and, and the lads that you obviously mm-hmm 
obviously mm. deal with as as clients as well. So you've you've obviously got to be trying Portland because at the end of the day, you want people to be in the best yeah. sort of mentality. Because in general, when they're in the, when they're the best, when they've got the best mentality and they're happy, they're going to perform better. I always think with uh, cricket, you know, it's like it's like us doing our day job every day. At the end of the day, someone's publishing right. He sat on his ass for twenty minutes and had a cup of tea. You know, he didn't get his uh, report finished on time. You know, and and it's published, and and then you've got a load of fans or whoever studying your uh, your work. You know, and that's what it's like being a, a cricketer. You've got all these people judging you every single day and if that doesn't go well that weight that comes down to you it, is, it must be horrendous it, and obviously and then there's the flip side when it's good you can everyone can see oh he's playing really well you know it's a, it's a tough thing to deal with especially when you in theory you're the overseas pro or the, the English lad in Australia and everyone's expecting oh how many did, the first thing they ask mm. is how many did the Aussie get how, yeah. how many did the English yeah. how many yeah. did the Pommy get and obviously if you've got 0, 10, 15, 20 one week and then you've not scored a 50 all year which I actually went think my yeah. 110 runs were averaged at <laughs> about 12 then yeah it, do, it does play in your mind it, and it, yeah. it's not a positive environment to sort of play in and then obviously your, your shackles come off as we know in cricket we're all old enough to realise you, you're never far from a score or something like that but when you're not scoring runs like it feels like you're yeah. never going to score just on the sort of the players that maybe you're looking to take over I mean you talk about we've talked about county lads and county age group lads and second team players but also there's a level of cricketer below that you know the lads that maybe didn't quite make it you know the, at 16 they dropped at county at 16 or 15 or whatever but I think there's still chances for them to go abroad you know you don't have necessarily to be playing at the very top level to go to Australia to play cricket if you're still playing Premier League Div 1 even Div 2 cricket are there opportunities for those kind of players? Oh yeah 100% they're probably in essence work, they're probably the, the mass volume that we play so probably around that level because the lads basically no work commitments just finish school just finish uni go over there get looked after by a club clubs can help with accommodation work and obviously the standard of the player if you're at a bit of a lower level you might have to finance yeah. it a bit more yourself you know we deal with lads that play second team cricket in England mm. as in club cricket uh, we deal with lads that just go over basically a gap year so from a social level, we've got we've probably got three or four clubs in Melbourne in particular we've got clubs there's no real overseas rules over there for some of them so we've got certain clubs that take six or seven <laughs> lads so we we send we send groups right. of mates over I think one club has got a group of four mates they've got seven mm. players from us they've got four mates and another group of three mates so they're all in a house somewhere in Melbourne so that house is going to be a disaster isn't it I mean but, uh, what a wonderful opportunity for people <laughs> but uh, yeah we, do, we deal with all of them yeah so again it's, it is what and what you do find is these lads they love it that much they go back the next year they meet the missus yeah. they do what they want they go and play cricket and as a result there's four yeah. lads at that club already this year who are coming over to play in the UK because of the introduction through yeah. oh how do you do this yeah. like I got sick of people asking me to help when I was over there hence why I started my own business to do it and then sort of made a business of it and then sort of obviously went to work for Cricket as a result but it's just a life-changing experience and you, you get put in touch with, I've still got friends in lifelong friends in Melbourne that you still speak to now so and I'm sure there's there's hundreds and thousands of people in the same boat as I am but it's also it's, it's a very safe sort of experience for people you know obviously traveling the world is not always the most straightforward thing but actually some doing something like that you are getting one of the great benefits of traveling whilst also dropping into an incredibly safe and welcoming environment you know the the, the sports club and even your opposition teams, you know, you, you you just looked after, aren't you? And people, particularly, I mean, I, my experience going out to Australia, everybody there is so welcoming of you coming in. They just they just want to be you, mate. They'll, they'll they'll feed you, they'll put you up, they'll do everything they can to help you out. And, and it's it's just a lovely experience for any young lads going over there to you know start their sort of to move away from school into sort of working life. Uh, it's a, it's a great experience. It's a, yeah, again, it's 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 a box that needs to be ticked, in my opinion. It makes it makes you grow up. It makes you do certain things. It gives you life. 
experiences that you can't put a, you can't put a real value on. Going away from home when you get off that plane, or when you leave the airport and you're saying goodbye to mum and dad, and you get off that plane in Melbourne or Sydney or wherever it is, and you, there's a fella that you don't know picking you up at the other side of the barrier with a with a name thing on. You're just all by yourself, but very quickly you realise that the club you've just left in England and the yeah. family have got the same one club you've just landed with. Yeah. So anything you get looked after more, and you get invited for dinners, you get invited for barbecues, and and you end up part of the family. Like I spent five Christmas days in in Melbourne, and you you're treated like a it's king. Yeah, it's like it's a it's an unbelievable unbelievable experience, and, and something that is essential. I think James, that's right both ways round. Most overseas professionals who come here are treated like kings as well, because they, yeah. let's be honest, it's not like they've just come on an hour long flight. Most of them have come on a 21, 24 hour flight. They can't just nip home, can they? If they, if they if they feel a bit homesick, so you've got to make them feel welcome, whether it's an Englishman playing in Australia or vice versa. Yeah, I couldn't agree. Well, we've obviously Northern, for example, we we've not really gone down the over, overseas route for a few years, and then we we got an Aussie lad over Alex Vincent last year from Tasmania came over with his missus. Mm-hmm. I plays first grade cricket um, over there. We probably didn't know what to expect. We knew he was going to be a decent cricketer. He scored. He scored. I think he scored a thousand runs of fifty wickets. And he's coming back this year with his missus again. They she played a bit of cricket in the in the men's side. Like he was unbelievable. They were unbelievable off the pitch as a group. Um, they added so much as we talked about before to the the coat, the helping out with the kids. The if you need someone there to put the open up the clubhouse or anything like that, they were just absolutely fantastic. And as a result, they've, they're coming back and again were people this year are moving he- heaven and earth to sort of help them out as much as they can everyone's kept in contact with with them on zoom and stuff like that but getting the right people as as, as we've said in any sort of line of work if you get the right people on the ship that is a that is a big sort of tick really and most of the time with the powers of social media and zoom and everything that goes with it you can sort of vet people to an extent but you've you've, you've got them you've got to meet them and find out what they're all about really before you sort of make that final call on people yeah definitely so, you know we're coming towards the end of our, our conversation about crick x and we'll have a quick chat about northern but if we were to sum up what you guys do I'm going to go back to that uh, the guys who met their missus overseas but you are effectively like a matchmaking agency aren't you between players club leagues around the country and the world yeah so when you tell someone you're a cricket agent no one really understands what you mean so I, I basically just go down the route now just trying to explain just say just a recruitment consultant but for cricket <laughs> so it's something that's just a very easy and natural sort of way to do things like you're just putting people good people in general in touch with good clubs and good clubs in touch with good people most of the time and that goes all around the world don't get me wrong there's, there's some bad there's some bad clubs and some bad people that you sort of deal with now and then which is the joy that's just happens in any walk of life and you can probably count on one hand over since i've been doing it how many sort of bad experiences a club or a player would get but you're always going to get that but the um risk for the the reward aspect for both parties is just astronomical really and, and something that you can't put a value on I think and from and from a from a club point of view it's as we said before about the, the overseas pro that sort of you reminisce over over your childhood who knows how many England cricketers or future England cricketers that can sort of inspire really well you've still got Grappenhall still going on about Steve Smith who, who I think he got homesick and went home without playing a game but you know he's still part of I, know, I, didn't, I didn't, didn't know that at all it's still it's still part of the folklore there just uh, just having that little brush that, that made him apparently yeah I'm old enough to remember Viv Richards coming to play at Richton in the Lancashire League stories of Shane Warne playing down in Bristol oh, yeah. when he first came over yeah, the, the legendary that the people who were around at those times you're right they just remember those professionals for generally all the right reasons well everyone in our league still talks about obviously Chester were back in our league back then Chester had Curly Ambrose one year and I think Winston one of the Benjamins the year after people in our club are still I think there's a couple of scars still knocking around well, I, I'm, I'm getting scared just, just listening to that yeah yeah 
Hey, let's talk about that Northern Clubhouse. And, you know, you guys call it the Northern Way. What are you looking forward to in the Northern Way this season going forward in 2024? Which which of those itches are you wanting to scratch, James, the most? I think the na- you want to win the National Knockout, don't you? Don't be on the 20, 20 over one would be nice, but the proper National Knockout is the one that, sort of the one I've always wanted to, sort of when we've always been to one final, I think a couple of semis, a few quarters and everything that goes with it. But you don't, you don't turn your back on any sort of trophies. If someone tells you now you win the league, then you take that every day of the week. But yeah, we, we just want to be but we think obviously last year we sort of fell away a little bit in the league and obviously Ormsgate had a, had a fantastic year yeah. but yeah you want you, you want to win the league at the end of the day but I've always wanted to win the national knockout and obviously we've been really unlucky walking into Ormsgate a few times in the Lancashire Cups away from home mm-hmm. I think we've been to four semi-finals now in five or six years in the Lancashire Cup and last year was the first one we sort of won and got over the line but obviously that, that day last year at Old Trafford 25 degrees Liam Gray on a masterclass Tyler and Chris Laker both got 50s and then we just fielded and bowled Super. It was a. It was probably a perfect club performance. I think we'd have beat most county second teams on that day the way we played. But obviously, you want it. You want to get to those days, and you're playing the big competitions. But you can say you want to win the national, and all it takes is one dodgy Sunday, and you're you're done and dusted in. You're done and dusted in May, aren't you? So it takes Dan Wielding coming in out of nowhere and blasting you, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, we we I think you'd be able to look it up. We we actually lost. I think over a five or six year period in the national, probably about eight to ten, twelve years ago. I think we lost in the we got out. The, the 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 area stages and got out to the national stages quite a lot of times in a row and I think we lost to the finalists the winners sorry four times out of five we actually lost to Dan Wielden's like San Diego town we lost them away yeah. we had, when we had Tom Bailey we went on we went there on a wet wicket we had him ten for three uh, Tom Bailey was pulled out by Lancashire the day before the game um, so we'd have it had been a 6 all out day and we'd have won that game and obviously I think it was a quarter-final potentially but no guarantees to go in any longer but they won it that year we'd, we'd have definitely with Tom Bailey who was probably the best bowler outside of Premier um, County Cricket at that time so there's there's loads of little things and there's been just we've had loads of sort of big players got injured just before a game or there's been loads of things that's just affected some of the big games yeah. but we feel like we've got a squad now obviously we've, we've kept hold of all our sort of really top-end players and we've added a couple of young lads we've got a couple of young young Lanks Academy batter coming over from Manchester way the Aussie lads coming back over so we're hopeful that we'll be sort of competitive on all fronts again but the Lancashire Cup draws drawn us against Ormskirk <laughs> away in the first round I was going to comment and then obviously our league fixtures came out a couple of days ago and our last game of the season is Ormskirk at home you'll have it sewn up by them so it's, it feels like someone is yeah, someone's playing funny buggers behind the scenes by the looks right, of it are we going to blame Tom should we just blame Tom Evans because we blame Tom Evans he... yeah, everyone else does so yeah you might as well My, microwaving the balls when they pick them out you see that's it they microwave the balls so they know which one's the hot one exactly have you seen anyone in the comp making moves in terms of players coming forward for this year? No, I don't think there is really. I think uh, it's been quite yeah, quiet. I think a few I think a few clubs as we said before a few clubs have lost people to the GMCL um, I think yeah. obviously Matty McKinnon's been released by Derbyshire so he by the, by the looks of it he's not gone anywhere else he'd be playing a full season for Lee which obviously is if, if he came over as your overseas professional he's your perfect professional he's scored that so he's going to be like a. it's going to be when you play Lee it's going to be obviously important how so you've got to get him out quickly otherwise he takes games when obviously he's a good bowler so Lee will obviously be more competitive with him in the side but I think they've lost Sam Dorsey is it to one of the GMCL sides see the the keeper who broke into the lank side Matthew Hurst he's bro- he broke into the lank side so I would imagine he did really well so he could be in the in the mix for playing regularly for Lancashire so they might not see much of him um, mm-hmm. yeah it's been it's been quite quiet and really. I've not seen any sort of local local signing so I don't know if people are just struggling to recruit or obviously you'll find it now with the strength of certain other leagues that maybe the signing could be a bit less key this year I thought yeah well we'll, we'll keep obviously we'll be keeping 
post-contact with Tom Evans through the season in particular and we'll, we'll sure we'll circle back to yourself to, to see how things are going on but before we close off then just throw us a name that you could see you've got on your Crickex books right now of a player who you know you'd love to place and you haven't placed yet because you think you know, for whatever reason you, there must be someone out there that you're thinking why hasn't somebody had him yet is on the spot now. Yeah, this is probably not because the top end players just go quite quickly. So you, th- these lads, for example, like you, you get a lad, especially if you get an Aussie grade player that's got a British passport. We, I think, I had two of them come in this morning. They've got eight, ten, twelve offers by the time you've wow. sent a CV out. So these lads are no, you wouldn't have anyone of any note on your books because they've already they'll be signed for someone or very close to signing someone. It's that sort of stage of yeah, you, you can't mess around. You get a lot of clubs that say, oh, I've got a meeting next week. I'll revert back. Interested in that mm-hmm. player, and when they revert. Back, you've got to tell him. Let's sign last week, mate. Sorry, <laughs> that's the classic uh, cricket club committee. Yeah, it is. Hey, been great chatting, James. Thanks for giving us a bit, big more of an insight into Crickex. I, I mean, you guys are phenomenal on social media, all over the bloody <laughs> place. Um, we, we love picking up on what you guys are doing. The trans, I'll, p- I'll pinch off my transfer <laughs> alerts from you guys. It makes it nice and easy. But, but you know, I think you serve a, not just a purpose, but with what you're doing in the mental health side, with opening up and things like that. You, you've got a whole system in place for these overseas professionals whether it's coming from down in the Southern Hemisphere to here or the other way around as well. I think that's, that's critical. It's great to hear that. So great to chat. You're just creating creating lots of opportunity for people, yeah, which, is, def- which is wonderful. Great to chat. And we'll look forward to catching up with you again soon. My pleasure, guys. No, thanks for having me on. Thanks, James. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening to the Premier League Cricket Show. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes and stay updated on all the latest news, views and discussions from around the Cricket Premier League. And be sure to follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram, at TPL Cricket Show, on both. Join the conversation, share your thoughts and connect with us and your fellow Premier League cricket fans. And hey, if you enjoyed the show, why not show us some love? Leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast platform as it helps other potential listeners to find us when they're searching for cricketing podcasts. Thanks again for being part of the Premier League Cricket Show family. And until next time, have a good one. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.